good. She's amazing. They got fired. Double, double baloney. Found out how much I really enjoyed party. <laughs> Damn it, Big Daddy. As my wife says, he has a very punchable face. And I know Michelle, she never lived in Texas. In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Let's start the interview. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes 2023 edition. Today's guest is a Division I athlete who knows her way around a local news station, but found her passion behind the scenes in content creation. Let's welcome in Miss Haley. Hello, hello. Hello. Well, welcome. Welcome to Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. I'm glad that we could get together and take some time to chat about you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. So um, as we chatted about briefly, um, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes is a podcast who interviews those who work behind the scenes in the sporting industry. And I'm really excited to have you on. Um, because it seems like you have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. So I'm excited to hear kind of where you began and where you are now. And if we've got some time to kind of talk about where you want to go, um, we can chat about that, but I'll let you take the floor. Just um, start wherever you'd like and I'll ask questions along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I would say, um, you're definitely right. I would, I, my experience, you know, up to this point, um, has taken me in a number of different directions and, um, you know, at times it was things I was striving for. And at times it's been different opportunities that I, that have popped up that I wasn't exactly planning for myself, but nonetheless have, um, all sort of impacted me in different ways. Um, you know, starting off, I guess, growing up, um, I've always been a sports girl. So, um, going to college and playing a sport was always something that I wanted to do. And um, I grew up in Southern California and I had this opportunity to um, take a division one scholarship um, on the East coast at East Carolina university. And I kind of um, took me out of the California bubble and like off into the world, I guess, which was really cool <laughs> to kind of get to experience a different place um, while, you know, getting to play soccer and going to college and, um, you know, I think for the longest time I thought, okay, once my soccer playing days are over, I want to be a sports broadcaster. So I went to college for broadcast journalism and, um, you know, all throughout college while playing soccer, um, you know, I had a number of different internships, um, you know, both at local news stations, um, at a news station in California, um, with the Philadelphia Phillies, but kind of got to get my feet wet on the sports broadcasting side of things and just observe so many different types of sports environments um, and learned like kind of what I wanted to cover. Um, so it was, it was really great to, I think, just sort of soak in all those different experiences. And, you know, when I think back and it's so funny now as we hire interns, it's so different, but um, <laughs> you know, I would take like any opportunity I could get and I was never paid. I mean, I would like literally do any task just to like get 
my foot in the door to shadow, to observe, to help, like whatever it could be. I think I did like six unpaid internships. Um, oh and goodness. I was just like <laughs> eager and hungry to just like get experience. Cause I knew it was going to be like so hard to break in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I graduated college, um, it actually took me about eight months to find my first job. And, you know, it was really tough. It was definitely discouraging. Um, I, you know, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and I wanted to not go the path of working at a local news station, which is what, you know, I would say a good percentage of people do to get started. I really wanted to work for a sports team, a college network, um, a national sports network. Like that's really, really saw myself. Um, I ended up getting a job working in minor league baseball for the Chicago Cubs double A affiliate in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it's kind of what kickstarted everything for me. Um, it took a lot of patience and probably over a hundred applications later, I, um, packed my bags for Knoxville and, um, I worked there for one full season pretty much. Um, and it's pretty funny because, um, I would say anybody who's worked in minor league baseball will certainly understand that. Um, you go there to do one job and you end up doing that and about 50 others. So there were certain <laughs> days where, you know, I was like changing light bulbs in the bullpen, painting concession stands, like putting sponsorship stickers on, you know, the back of like the, the seats in the stadium and then like hosting the pregame show. Um, so you literally <laughs> did it all. Um, but it's like some of the funniest memories that I've had up to this point. And it truly, while it was like super hard in the moment, um, I like love that that happened and it's pretty funny to talk about now, but it really honestly kind of, I think it was interesting because it challenged me. I'm like, okay, how much do I love working in sports? Because the hours mm. aren't always ideal. Um, you know, you kind of have to jump in and be ready to do different things. Like no day is the same. Um, and when you're getting started, you know, the pay isn't always the best. Um, so there's certain things that I think, you know, can weed some people out who think they want to go down this particular road. Um, but not me. I decided to stick with it and I ended up getting, uh, my first, uh, I guess like full-time job, if you will, like it was a full-time like seasonal position with, um, the double A team, but then I got my first full-time job working in college sports at the American athletic conference, which, um, prior to that was actually the big East. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool because this, the college I went to was part of that conference. So I was like really familiar with a lot of the universities that were a part of that league. And I got to sort of be this one woman band. Um, I did all of our on-air content. I helped with social media, but I honestly was shooting and editing features and videos and trying to tell the stories of all the athletes and the entire conference. Um, so it was like 12 schools, but it was also all the sports within those schools. So I wasn't just doing, you know, football and basketball and baseball. I was also doing soccer and volleyball and, you know, a, a whole bunch of different sports. So it mm-hmm. was just a great experience to be able to, um, really like dive in and learn all the different aspects of like digital media, both in front of and behind the camera. But I also got to like learn all these different sports that I, you know, casually followed or whatever, but I really got to actually cover them as a storyteller and as a reporter. And that was, that was really, really cool. Um, I ended up working at the AAC for almost six years. So I kind of like grew up there. I would say ended up as our director of digital media, um, at the AAC a few years into it, but I kind of like grew with the conference and it was, it was a really um, like special experience getting to kind of work hard each and every year and like see that role 
continue to, to grow as well. So um, after that, I ended up uh, actually right before COVID, um, I was kind of ready for a change. I'd been there a while and I, you know, was loving digital media um, and I love sports, um, but like esports kind of has caught my attention in the last few years and like the video right. game industry as a whole. Um, and so I had this opportunity to work for a video game company um, outside of Boston and I kind of just took a leap and it was so different. I'm not a gamer myself, um, but I decided it was a space that I really wanted to learn a lot about. Um, so I started with this company um, in about er, yeah, 2019 and we basically um, launched a few different sports games, but it was all tied into Apple and their new platform, the Apple Arcade. So we worked with the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and took the top athletes, all the star players from each of those different leagues and put them into a video game competing against each other. Um, it was a wild experience. I actually got to kind of work on, um, what's the best way to put it? Like I got to kind of work on telling the athletes stories in real life and like what makes them so good and what makes them so special in their respective sport. And then it like kind of told that story of how that translated into the video game and like why you'd want to have them on your team. But we did tons mm -hmm. of fun, like marketing shoots, um, you name it. We kind of, we marketed the game. We told the story of the game. And so I kind of got to experience like video game life for, for a couple of years before um, we actually ended up shutting down um, at some point there during COVID, which was a bummer, but everything yeah. happens for a reason. And it led me to my current job um, here at Cronky Sports. Um, and so now I'm our director of digital and social content for the Nuggets, the Avalanche, um, the Mammoth, and our regional sports network, Altitude TV. Um, yeah, I'm happy to dive more into that, but it's been like definitely, um, you know, a really cool path and things happen along the way that you don't always expect, but I'm super pumped about where I am now and, and where I'm hoping to go. For sure. So you're your first gig with the uh, AAA baseball team. I know you mentioned you did multiple roles there, but were you, were you hired on as a, like an intern or were, was there a specific job that you had? Yeah, I think I was like, it was um, our manager of digital content was the title okay. and it was like a seasonal position. Um, but yeah, they basically hired me to come in and create video content, both in front of and behind the camera, um, which was which was great, um, but it came with, you know, a long mm -hmm. list of other responsibilities. <laughs> that's that's the small team for you, right? Or just a small company yes. in general. I think that's uh, across the board. <laughs> if you work for like a mom and pop place, you're definitely not just accounts receivable and payable. You probably are going to, you know, do other things as well. So I think, exactly. I think that's kind of like a good thing though, starting out. Like if you are in a position like that and you don't experience kind of all aspects of the company, then I think doing so makes you more of like a team player. So it's it definitely does. I, I would agree with you there. And I think, um, you know, also just getting to do um, or just like help out, I guess, with like different roles and different jobs. Um, it gives you like an appreciation for what the people that you work with do. And you're kind of all yes. better, I think, to understand each other in a different way. Um, so yeah. it's kind of cool to have that experience. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. So you did, um, triple a baseball and then you went to the AAC. Um, 
and then the esports side of it for a little bit. And now you're with Proc Esports doing director of digital and social. And so tell us a little bit more about what kind of your day-to-day -day entails. I'm sure it's different every day, but maybe a little bit of the same things depending on the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this role is really unique, I think, in the sense um, that, you know, Cronky Sports and Entertainment um, is sort of an umbrella for a handful of teams that that fall under that. Okay. Um, so when I moved to Denver and took this position, um, basically the best way to describe it is in Denver, um, Ball Arena is where our teams play. And any team that plays in Ball Arena falls under my job description. So okay. um, I have our NBA team, our NHL team, and our NLL uh, lacrosse team. Um, so basically, I work with all three of our social media and content teams um, on a daily basis to come up with our strategy, um, messaging, you know, kind of anything that you see for any of those three teams across any social platform, the internet, website, that all comes through um, our team here. So on a daily basis, we're, we're honestly just kind of constantly planning for all the things that we know are coming ahead, what graphics, what video, um, you know, what fun ideas can we come up with, but then also reacting to just the day-to-day -day stuff that the team is going through and um, covering games and travel and um, really just, yeah, kind of embracing the chaos of the season. But I think what's interesting is like you you have all three of these teams in season at the same time so oh. we have all three teams playing right now um kind of in the heat of you know i would say like middle of the season if you will heading towards playoffs um so every week we have you know a ton going on but each of my teams so i, I look at the bigger picture for all three teams but um the avalanche have a social media team of five awesome people and the nuggets the same thing and then the mammoth have um we have one rock star social media person that is a one woman band that, that covers it all. Um, but they each kind of focus on their own team. Um, and then as part of my day to day, I, you know, I work with all three of them and kind of, um, yeah, it's weird because I think it's so different than any other job I've had because for example, like our Nuggets team and our Avalanche team, they're doing a lot of the same things on a daily basis, whether, mm -hmm. you know, it's telling the story of the team, creating graphics, creating videos, um, you know, coming up with fun ideas for each platform specifically. But the fan bases for both teams are very different. And the tone that each team takes on social is very different. So while we're doing a lot of the same things on, on both sides, how we do them is is different when it comes to the strategy side of it. So I think that's something that has been really interesting for me uh, to continue to learn here, but also just keeps it, um, yeah, really exciting because it's a different challenge when it comes to, to all the different organizations here. Yeah, for sure. So I am obviously probably like most of the other people in the United States where I'm familiar with basketball and hockey on the professional level, but I have to admit, I had no idea that we're there was pro lacrosse. <laughs> so, <laughs> that one took me by surprise. Um, and the fact that they all played at the same season, I mean, hockey and basketball, yes, but lacrosse, I guess I would have thought that'd be more of like a summer sport. No? You know, they do start a little bit later. They don't start until um, their first games were in December. And like, so they, they do have like a, they play less games. They play like typically like once a week um, from like December till I want to say like June. Um, okay. but yeah, it's a totally different world. And like, you know, I think the NLL is really interesting because lacrosse is coming, 
you know, it's definitely becoming um, bigger and bigger here in the U.S. and it's the sport is for sure growing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like there's an indoor lacrosse league and there's an outdoor lacrosse league. We're the indoor lacrosse league. Um, but, you know, most of our players have um, like day jobs, like most of them oh. go to work during the day and then they play um, usually on Friday nights or Saturdays um, in a professional capacity so it's so much different than you know our other two teams in that sense where you're not covering you know the practices all week long and there's not games all week long um you know they have their non-sports side of their life as well interesting okay where are there multiple um u.s pro lacrosse teams or is there just a handful of them um there are multiple there's a there's a couple in canada and then we okay. have a handful here in the u.s as well um so yeah, I, actually, I can't remember off the top of my head how many, but um, there's a decent amount. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so intrigued by that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know why, because I mean, I work in professional bass fishing, which surprisingly enough, outdoor sportsman group is owned by Cronky um, yeah. Sports Entertainment. So um, I find that interesting also, but people don't believe that there's such thing as professional bass fishing. They're like, that's not a real thing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, it is. Like, mm, it is yeah. though. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why I find pro lacrosse so interesting, but I don't know. I it's just honestly, do. the games here are wild. Like they are call they? it the loud house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People are like super into it. It's a crazy, like ruckus environment. Um, yeah. The games here are a ton of fun and, um, highly highly recommend if any I can't speak to the other uh cities and arenas that have teams but the Denver the Denver people love it so <laughs> it's great yeah Denver people love, okay so I'm gonna have to make a trip to Denver just to see the mammoth play <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> awesome so tell us a little bit more about altitude tv and what that um entails yeah definitely so Altitude TV is our regional sports network here in Denver, and I guess it's like really the Rocky Mountain states. Um, so it's great. Um, we have, you know, basically an in-house team here that um, produces most of our games in Ball Arena um, and, you know, even on the road as well. So we have, um, you know, we do, I would say, most of our own productions um, and we're able to kind of, I would say, from a social media side, um, you know, we're not only covering the games, but we're also really highlighting all the different personalities and talent that we have as part of our broadcast crews. Um, and we have, you know, just so many different uh, personalities and characters that make up our broadcast team. Um, and so, you know, they just, they've been, a, most of them have been a part of the organization for a while and really know it through and through. So we kind of spend, you know, I think a good balance of um, letting, you know, fans of our teams, like get to know the talent and the voices that they're listening to in, in game on our broadcasts, but also, you know, sharing, you know, the facts and the highlights and what people, you know, want to see when it comes to games as well. So it's kind of nice to have our own sports network here because we have, you know, that access, um, and that ability to kind of work together on our social teams with our broadcast crew and like everybody works together. So it, it kind of offers, you know, I think a different opportunity than, than some people have. Um, it's, we're all kind of one here. So that's, that's kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you get to do any of your broadcasting on Altitude TV? Or are you still <laughs> behind the scenes? 
I I have hung it up. I am oh. I am no more. Yeah, I know. It's you know it is bittersweet because it was such a fun. Um, it was so much fun. I honestly like I loved it. It was a great. Um, it was it was awesome. Like I spent mm-hmm. my 20s, you know, really getting to do it. Um, you know what I set out to do and I I really enjoyed it. I think now um I am excited about the next step and that's me helping other people kind of get to where they want to go and whether that's on the broadcast side or on the content side, um you know, it all has a lot more in common than than some people think. Um so for me like I um, I'm enjoying like this process and like being on the strategy side and, and getting to, you know, work with people who are just graduating college or in their mid twenties. And I, I love like, honestly, and it's not like it's that, um, I'm like making myself sound like I'm 90 years old, but <laughs> even in like, it's so cool. I, I love it. Like our team, we're all within like, you know, like let's say like 10 or so years of each other. And like, everyone has such a different like purpose. And, you know, it's like, I rely so much on our, you know, the people on our staff that are like out of college and like just major TikTok consumers. And I'm like, yes, like, this is why you guys are here. Like, you're going to knock this out of the park and you're going to do TikTok. And like, we all kind of like fit into the different spaces that we've like gravitated towards on like the social and digital side. So they like open my eyes to so many new things on a daily basis but I like to think I open their eyes to some things too that maybe they're like they were just like behind on and like they had missed you know missed it um like in their generation so it's it's fun and I yeah I will always like love my time broadcasting and like miss it but this side of it offers so many different challenges and I like feel so equally like fulfilled um, and excited about what I'm doing so for sure I like that you said you like to help others succeed and, and particularly being able to do that in this role, because that's one of the things for me also that I, I really strive to do. And I see, I describe myself as a 90 year old woman, even though I'm in my thirties. <laughs> so I understand that also, but I don't know. It's, there's, um, there is something about just somebody being like 10 years younger in their twenties and they have just a totally different drive and their I don't want to say they don't know, but sometimes I'm sure that you probably know when you look at them, you're like, oh, can I, I want to, I, I, I want you to be so successful and so happy. Like, just let me help you. And I, they yeah. help me too. I, I agree with you there, but it's kind of a vice versa. It's one of those relationship things, but when they succeed, I just feel tears of joy. Like, oh, yeah, so happy for you. It truly is. It's like, it's, I would say like the most like fulfilling part. Um, I, I felt like when I was on the broadcast side of things more like, and you know, I don't know if this is the same for everybody, but I was always so focused on myself. Like yeah. I was focused on getting like my notes together for the show and doing my research and figuring out like what parts I was contributing and like what I was wearing and how I was going to do my hair and like making sure, you know, like I just, it, everything was like focused on getting myself prepared and ready. Sure. And mm-hmm. now the difference is, is I'm helping our teams get prepared and ready um, for them to be able to be the ones to like go out and do that job. And I think you know, some of it, you know, you mentioned like wanting to help or, you know, kind of having been there before and like, you know, guiding people and like that part of it is really cool. But I also like love being there when, you know, sometimes like kind of have to like learn some of it on your own um, Mm -hmm. to believe it and to go through it yourself and like kind of being there after the fact to be like, it's okay. Like this is, (laughs) you know, this is what happens, right? You're gonna, (laughs) you fall off the horse, you gotta get back on. 
yeah and yeah. so that part of it's kind of cool now to be a part of and um yeah and just it's like a good um I feel like excited about the shift for sure and I felt I felt ready for it so for sure sometimes you just need that though too right like you just outgrow certain things and you gotta you gotta accept it <laughs> exactly so with that being said what story or is there a story that sticks out to you thus far in your career that you have helped be a, that you've been a part of? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, um, for me, it was really exciting. So I guess I'd go back to my time at the AAC and, you know, I'd been there for a couple of years, um, was kind of like up and running and, you know, getting more comfortable and like building relationships. And so I, you know, at that point I was just like trying to learn myself and I was trying to grow myself and, and figure, figure it out. Um, and once I sort of felt like I was ready, I, my mentality, I would say started to shift and I would probably, I would guess if I, you know, if I had to guess, that's kind of why, um, in some ways where I've, like my passion has taken me, um, into my current role here. Um, but when I was at the AAC a few years in, um, you know, I'm reporting and creating content and I'm like, I really want to create a program that is on all 12 of our campuses. Like I was traveling all over the place to Florida and Texas and, you know, Ohio and wherever and everywhere in between. Um, but there was all these students on every campus, just like I was a few years prior and they were majoring in journalism and communications and they, I'm like, well, I know a few years ago, like I would have killed to have an internship with like a college conference um, and to create content or do reporting and produce features. So why don't I create a program where I can pick like one student, they can go through, they can apply like a typical adult application process. <laughs> they can go through and apply for our internship, go through the interview process. We'll select one student from every campus and we'll, they'll work for us all year. So I ended up like fast forward, you know, we got them all equipment, um, figured out a program that made sense. And next thing you knew it, like next thing you know, I had 12 student reporters across the country um, getting experience, finding stories and producing content. Um, but they were also sending those stories back to us. So they were getting experience, they were getting repetitions, they were creating a resume reel, but we were also getting to use their stories on our social platforms. Um, so it was like this great way, like all of a sudden our content like went times 12, you know, and like that yeah. was really cool um, because, and it was so fulfilling because um, ultimately it helped our platforms, but it also helped students to gain experience. And then I, you know, got to build relationships with those students throughout the year, like giving feedback on projects, helping answer questions. Um, and, you know, I'm still in touch with like some of those students to this day. And it's been like super fun to see where they've gone off to, um, in the work, in the work world. Um, but I think that's kind of like when I got that experience, um, I think I kind of knew, I wasn't sure when, cause I, I wasn't quite ready to be done fully with like the on-air side. Um, but at that point I was like, whenever I get to this point, I'm going to be really pumped. Um, when I get to like more of, you know, the guiding and like mentorship part of it. Um, and that was like my first taste of it. And it was really fun to kind of see it all come together. That is really cool. Congratulations. Thank you. That's very awesome. Do they <laughs> still, you. do they still have your program? They should name it after you. <laughs> <laughs> very kind. Um, you know, I, I, as of like last season, I did see it, um, 
still in motion, but you know, honestly it is so hard and like so much changes every year and like the college landscape and mm. conferences and like, you know, especially with that conference, like this year, they, you know, lost, you know, a handful of schools to the big 12 and like they've taken some other schools from conference USA. So when you have that much change, you're kind of like having to start over and implement the program on new campuses. And so, um, you know, I'm sure whatever they decide to do next will be great, but it's definitely, um, yeah, it's not easy to get it up and running on each campus. So when you have the college landscape kind of continuously shifting, um, I'm sure it's not easy to keep something like that just fluid and like up and running. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but like you said too, that, I mean, it's very, I think it's very cool that you were able to do that and help, help those students mentor them along the way. And then, like you said too, you've got their content so you're each giving, you know, that your the AAC platform is giving all their schools a platform equally, so to speak, right? So that's like the true, the classic uh, definition of like a win-win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So and that's you know, they always people always say, well, this team is favored or that team is favored. But in that particular situation, there is literally no favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you traveled around a lot with that, with the um, AAC, but do you travel now with your role? Or are you kind of headquartered in Denver, Colorado area? You know, a little bit of both. I definitely do not travel um, to the extent that I once did, which is, I, I actually love traveling, um, but it was a lot. Um, and anybody who's like traveling with a team or a network knows that, um, yeah, it can be like, you know, it can be definitely really taxing and it changes your lifestyle a bit. And, um, you know, there's, there was a certain time and place in my life, especially in my twenties where it worked out great for me and it didn't like phase me at all. I think now, like, as I enter like the next chapter of my life, um, you know, just got married. I'm kind of like looking to set some roots and like be home a lot more. Um, so for me, traveling as much isn't as ideal as it once was, but I do get to travel time to time with our teams. Um, just got back from an avalanche road trip. It was awesome. We went to Calgary, we went to Vancouver and Seattle. We won all three games. Nice. So that was exciting. Um, but honestly, it's like, it was cool. I haven't been to either of the cities in Canada before. So I got to, you know, um, kind of see how our team was operating on the road from a content perspective and, um, you know, learn a lot there, but also, you know, in your downtime, it's fun to check out the places that you're traveling to. So um, definitely not traveling as much, but hopping on certain road trips um, where it makes sense for me and to, to get to spend that time with our content team as we figure out kind of like who we want to be and how we want to do things moving forward. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, our Zoom meeting is going to time out in 10 minutes because <laughs> that's how things go in my life. <laughs> and I know you have a busy schedule to keep as well, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But I have to ask you, being a director of content and social media, what is your favorite social media platform? Great question. Um, Gosh, I got asked this this week and I really had to like ask. So as a just normal day-to-day like -day person, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, although my team recently got me onto Be Real. So I'm learning each day how to become more and more real 
helpful um, in the moment when requested to take a picture on this new platform. So it's actually pretty funny and um, we have a lot of fun with it, but I, I consume Instagram the most on a daily basis. But like when we're looking here, I think in terms of growth and like where we're going to continue to like add and, and put resources to um, like the, the platforms that we like prioritize, Instagram's definitely one of them, but I would mm -hmm. say like our future here as we look to grow in the coming year or two. Um, a lot of that I think is the focus is on TikTok and actually YouTube as well. Yeah. TikTok and YouTube. I could get lost in TikTok. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> is like, it totally is. Yeah, it is. I have to set a timer. I'm like one hour. That's all you get because people are so yeah. funny and there's lots of good hacks so and there's all kinds of things on there, but yeah, <laughs> I'm an Instagram consumer myself though. So I understand. I yeah. get it. Um, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody looking to get into the digital and social media space and sports? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, anybody like looking to get in, into this space, I think, um, you know, a couple different things that stand out, it would probably go back to my first point is, um, you know, being excited and proactive and just taking any opportunities that you get um to be able to like experience the space and to learn if it's something that you like really want to do um i think separately um is continuously like challenging yourself to like be creative um and to try new ideas i think the people that i tend to see like thrive the most in this space are people who genuinely like spend time consuming like other people's content too like what teams do you like to follow what content creators do you like to follow um, and the more that you follow along, both in and out of the sports space, the more ideas that you're going to come up with um, and bring to the platform that you're working for. I think it happens too often in sports, like especially in the middle of the season, you get into this like rhythm and this routine and, you know, every day you're like, okay, well, it's a game day. So we're going to post this graphic and the player arrivals and photos at you know, intermission and you get into the same kind of same old, same old every day. So I think my advice to like young people is like getting started is just to honestly, like there's no like recipe for how you have to do things every day. And like, don't be afraid to bring those ideas to your team. And um, yeah, the people who are kind of challenge themselves to not make every day look the same are like super exciting to me and kind of things that like I look for, um, you know, as we continue to grow our team too. And then lastly, don't forget that you work in sports. It is a fun <laughs> job. And while at times it may feel super intense and like you're solving the world's problems, you're, you're truly not. Um, and just remember <laughs> to like have fun, enjoy the people that you work with and like take your job seriously, but like not too seriously because um, you know, you spend a lot of time together and keep it light, keep it fun, because that's kind of why we're all here in the first place. Um, so I have to remind myself of that sometimes when things are like feeling super hard. And then I'm like, wait, I work for a hockey team or a basketball <laughs> team. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I think that's like, I think that that last piece there is a real true nugget because I think <laughs> sometimes in the sporting world, because it's so competitive, I think sometimes it's so serious that you don't get to embrace the fact that you're not, you know, an accountant sitting at a desk punching numbers away all day, <laughs> which I envy those people because a lot of accountants, they love it. So good for you. <laughs> That's, not exactly. for <laughs> That's not for me. 
not for me. I greatly appreciate your time. Um, I will let you get back to your probably, like I said, you probably have a busy, busy day. And I look forward to doing this again in the future and hearing what new fun things you have done. Well, thank you so much for having me and for having this platform. And I think, um, you know, just like women supporting women or just, you know, honestly, people supporting people in this space is super important. And I just, um, you know, it is the middle of the season and it does feel crazy, but, um, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. And I think what you're doing is trying to help people too. And, um, you know, I hope that everyone always remembers like when you were getting started and you reached out to people asking for help or advice um, and the people that took the time to give it to you. Um, so I just, you know, I think it's important for all of us now is like, you know, as you continue on in your career, just to, to not forget that that not that long ago was, was you. Um, so I appreciate what you're doing and, you know, hopefully helping guide some people as they get their career started. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I, I'm with you. So right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be in touch and I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Michelle. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, there you have it, friends. What a sweet and knowledgeable young lady Haley is. And I cannot wait to see what she does next. The future is right with this one for sure. So be sure to follow along. Links are provided in the show notes. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Be sure to go like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple and iHeartRadio. Make sure you click that subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you feel inclined, feel free to leave us a review. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop us a line and let's get to know them together. Later, Gators.